But these are these are the secret ones for you know for those that are ready for this stuff. Oh, let me call the tent cities right Yeah, the tent cities are coming. Uh, I will tell you that uh, I did some, see something that almost leans me a little bit in that direction. We had a uh, uh, special uh, uh, leadership meeting yesterday morning in the Plano State for all the uh, bishops and uh, state leaders, and we got the chance to see the new uh, youth curriculum for the, the starting this next year. Holy cow! You're about to. There's a major shift coming here, and and it just you, you feel the the difference. That, you know, with the announcement for the missionaries and and all that, and now we get this, and you're about. When I was on my mission. Uh, we, we were expected to memorize the discussions word for word. We weren't allowed to deviate. What we would do in zone conferences is see who could go to most lines without missing a single word in the discussions. You got the candy bar if you could reel off the most consecutive line. Then we went from there to uh, Preach My Gospel where now they're writing kind of their own discussions based on concepts. And now we're the emphasis this next year. You take a look at the, the curriculum, and it's going to be the emphasis is on building testimonies and beginning to put the emphasis back on them to have them search the search the heavens for the answers, not coming from us. This is going to be a curriculum that matches where these kids are about to be. Would you agree with that? In the, it's in the read from our father. Oh, it is. The Godhead for all Yeah. Yeah, the, the January's topic will be the Godhead all, all uh, January. But if you are a parent or a youth leader, there's no way you're going to be able to sit in sacrament meeting and look through the manual uh, because the manual's online. And if you're going to be a youth leader, you're going to need to, let me just suggest, you're going to need a tablet or somewhat some way to be able, because the videos are incredible that they're producing with this. It, it, there's this major jump that, that's about to, to happen. Okay, so I, I, I just came away from it so impressed. Yeah. All right, we have one in Allen. Uh, the church across from the Allen East building had on their marquee, our Mormons Christians, come Sunday at whatever time and to find out. And with so an arrow across the street? <laughs> no, okay. So we have met, there's a little Yahoo group that's going now, and it's called Elias Friends Allen, and we just kind of put out information and ask questions and stuff. Somebody posted on there, hey, this is going on, what should we do? You know, should we go over there and listen to what they have to say? And anyway, and so I just responded saying, let's. Let's leave it to the State Public Affairs Committee to handle it if they get the state presence wants them to. And, and they did respond, the State Public Affairs responded, and they were aware of it and they were working on it. Okay. So I so found out that President Jones did go to the meeting. Oh, good. And just made himself available. If anybody's got any questions, questions at all. Questions, exactly. So. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think Stacy's on that committee anymore. Stacy would tell them exactly what she does. <laughs> I just wanted to say that that's mild compared to when the temple was built here in oh, Dallas. Yeah. The church close to us on their marquee had Mormons and other cults. Oh, meeting. 
That's why the groundbreaking for the Dallas Temple was a secret. <laughs> they literally, there was not any advance notice because they just didn't, they didn't know what kind of... They had to make the, the little, what do you call those, spires or whatever? Uh -huh. Shorter because they were, in the, in the original plan, they were taller than that church down the road. <laughs> We, we've come up, this has been a, an interesting year, church-wise, yeah. This is just an observation question, I think, but I have noticed that Mormon churches, or not, our churches, don't have the big marquees or the big signs yeah. up on identifying, you know, you kind of have to hunt for the little writing on yeah, the yeah, yeah. Is there a reason for that? Is that you know, that's a good, that's really a good question. I think that's been more tradition and, and cultural. Uh, yeah, you, you know, in some ways, it's kind of the same way, same reason we don't have the cross on here because we could. Yeah. It would be kind of nice, actually, to have something like that. It seems like we could leave some messages up. The one thing that I mourn about our churches, that I, if, I could, if I were in charge of architecture, we would have bells. Yes. We would have a belfry, and the bells would go off and everything, because I just love, especially if you've been in Europe, you know, it's a Sunday morning, you hear the bells ringing, and there's something about that that just captures it. So, yeah? I understand that the Mormon church has been List of cults, yeah. Yeah, so I said, nice things are happening. This is, uh... all right, but it was a sad week, right? And then, then there was this one. This, uh, this, this made me laugh. In an unusual encounter doing, during his morning route, a 14-year-old paper boy says a goat knocked him on the ground and chased him up a tree. Smithfield resident Jackson Gessel said he was delivering papers Tuesday when a goat approached him from the side and head-butted him off his bike. <coughs> It just freaked me out when he stood up on its hind legs and just wrapped his front legs around me and pulled me off. He had seen a shape in the, in the morning darkness and didn't think much of it at first, passing off as a duck. Can you picture that? It's like this 14-year-old riding. It's like, here comes this thing in the darkness. Then he said it started making a grunting noise and he saw the goat approaching him. 
The goat chased the teen up the tree and the two looked back and forth at each other for about an hour. Now I want you to picture this really firmly, okay? Paper boy with his bag, up the tree, goat. The teen says the hour-long standoff ended when the goat started chasing girls passing by. <laughs> Gessel said he jumped down from the tree and grabbed the goat's collar to help them. Smithfield police say they got a call from Gessel's parents reporting he was overdue and from residents reporting a boy struggling with a goat. <laughs> Could these be related? They might be. Okay. He kind of had his paper bag in the tree where he was. He was delivering newspapers and he was about halfway up the tree, Smithfield police officer said. Okay, ready for this? The goat, Voldemort... If you've never watched any of the Harry Potter movies, the name of the really bad baddie was Voldemort. Yes, okay. The goat, Voldemort, was impounded by Smithfield animal control officers but has since returned home. He's a really good pet, good with kids, and a good lawnmower, said the owner. Yes, Voldemort is a mini long hair fading goat and is for sale. <laughs> uh, <coughs> oh, there's such a story here. Well, I know, it should be a fading goat. You should go, ah, and it'll go. My, uh, my secretary didn't know, I read this to her, and she didn't know about fainting goats. And I just had her go onto, the, onto YouTube and pull up some, and some movies of fainting goats, and she was laughing for the next hour. <laughs> playing these videos of, of these fainting goats. So, <sighs> Alright. That said, it could be a picture. You're wondering if that was a picture of him? If, if not, it should be. <laughs> Especially if it's, if it's Voldemort. So, Alright. Now, I want to start with a, uh, I want to start with a question, because that's going to lead into section 103. Somehow we got crosswise with uh, sending the information out, and we'll, we'll get the, the things posted to the website. Um, we start with the Book of Mormon. You remember when uh, Nephi goes in to uh, get the plates, and he leaves the boys by the wall, and he's going to go in creep through the, the streets at night and then he runs across Laban and it says I came to pass I was constrained by the spirit that I should kill Laban but I said in my heart never at any time have I sh shed the blood of a man and I shrunk that I might not slay him okay now there's a dilemma here why would he think that he wasn't supposed to slay Laban thou shalt not kill in other words I have something from the scriptures that says this, and the Spirit is telling me to do something different. So let me, let me take that one step farther, though. Right. There may be times when, what would happen if the Scriptures say to one to do one thing, and the prophet is telling you to do another? Which one do you do? So in other words, living prophets are more important to us than dead prophets. Okay? 
which means, and, it, and this is where it would sound just a little bit, a little bit harder to, to sometimes get your head around that uh, a living prophet is more important to us than the scriptures. And if there is a discrepancy between living prophet and scriptures, we're going to follow the living prophet. Now, isn't that a little shaky? Wouldn't that scare a number of people around us, even people within the church, that says, yeah, but the Scripture says this is the way it's supposed to be. And Paul said this, or Peter said this. What do we do? Yeah, and one of the reasons why it is the new curriculum that they want to do it online is that they can actually upload information from the most current general conference to here. So we're actually going to be pulling from much more current. Okay? Now, does that, that scare anybody a little bit sometimes? So this is even scarier, right? Yeah. What if the Spirit is telling me to do something and it's different from the Scripture? <laughs> and, yeah. It's even scarier. I've got polygamy issues in my family. Yeah. And this is a big week. You made this to death. Oh, yeah, yeah. We're going to... People have asked, are we going to go after the polygamy thing? Yeah, we are. We're talking about that this spring. Yeah. That was a big problem with the Jews at the time of Christ. Yes. Except Moses and Abraham, ancient prophets and dead in ancient scriptures. We like the old ones. Except anything new. And which is the same problem people not members of the church today often have with, with the restoration. Right? Yeah. Old scripture is fine. New stuff, no. Dead prophets and apostles, yes. New ones, absolutely not. Old revelation, yes. New stuff, no. Yeah. It's the same exact problem. And, and even Christ told him at the time, at his, his time, he said, you say you lived in the days of your father, you wouldn't have killed the prophets, but you would have. Yeah, you know? yeah that's right. And that, and that is the battle. And, and I, I think that we're about to see that that was a struggle for these saints as well, in that uh, something from the scriptures or revelation says one thing, and now we're being told to do something else. Which one do we believe? Yep. And our current prophet interprets it for our time. But you know what? I know President Monson a little bit more closely than Paul or Peter, and I know his quirks and stuff like that. And so sometimes, because we know their warts a little bit more, they're more human, they seem more fallible, and we're going to have a harder time. And, and by the way, this is the way we've always done it. So this is, I think this is one of those times when we really have to look at it and say, what do I believe? Yeah. I think this is going to be one of the key issues when it comes up against sure. the Mormon church, against the rest of the Christianity. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Coming from my perspective, you know. Yeah, right. The Bible was it. It was the... It was sola scriptura. It, it is the word. It is the authority. And this other is not the word. Well, and see, that's one of the reasons we talked about it before. The, the part of the problem with the Book of Mormon was not anything of what was inside it. The problem with the Book of Mormon was it existed. It was another set of scriptures which flew, and it could have been an empty book. 
But just the fact that it, it exists, its existence said there's more scripture available and that went against sola scriptura, the, the sole source of truth and the word and the knowledge that was the Bible. And by the way, if I'm, and if I'm a Protestant preacher, where do I get my authority to preach? From sola scriptura, from I have the word. This is my authority. We, don't, we may not have a prophet, but I have the word. And that's why when you talk about infallibility of the Bible, you're walking on kind of scary ground because now you're undermining the main authority of most Protestant so, and so, yeah, again, so when we start even going one step beyond that, what if the Doctrine of Covenant said one thing and the current prophet says something different? We, we have a tendency to want to do the same thing. But Joseph Smith said this. And President Monson is saying this. Right? Question. It says, to my knowledge, the Bible never self-references at all. There's no word Bible anywhere in the Bible that I'm aware. Yeah. Where does this doctrine come from that the Bible is the complete, perfect, infallible Word of God? It's the only source. I mean, I know the Scripture Revelations, which has nothing to do with the Bible. Right, right, but, right. But what? But what? Where does this come from? How do they justify well, this? Where did Sola Scriptura come from? It, it came from when they. Um, Constantine. Yeah, Constantine. Constantine. When the Nicene Creed, when when Constantine was trying to. Actually, saved Christianity at the time, so we're going to make this the state religion in Rome. Part of it is uh, we're going to we're going to decide a number of things: what the Godhead looks like, we have our councils on that, and part of it, what scriptures of all the records that are out there are we going to use, which ones we're we going to discard, uh, and then what kind of authority do we ascribe to this? And one of, by the way, one of those debates was: was there a preexistence or not? That was one of those that was turned out to be declared heresy if you believed in the preexistence. So Constantine viewed as authoritatively able to do this? Yes. And so why did all the Protestant churches break away from that church? It's funny that they broke away from that, but still <laughs> held on to things like the, the doctrine of the Trinity, the Nicene Creed. You have to hold on to Yeah, so we're just going to say the Pope has gone astray, but everything else we believe. That's not that Yeah. contrary, uh, but, but I, what I really want to emphasize today, because this is one of those moments when what happens when the current prophet is telling us something different from what's in the scriptures, because this is what the brethren were up against, this was the problem, okay, and by the way, this is, and why I think this is important is that when, when people attack the church, one of the places that they attack is Joseph Smith's failed prophecies. This is one of those failed prophecies that prove that old Joe was 
just up in the night. Okay? Uh, and it has to do with um, when, when, they, when, the, when the brethren first got out to Missouri and, and they dedicated the temple site. And we, we've talked about that. Here, here's what was said. Section 84. Verily this is the word of the Lord that the new Jerusalem shall be built by the gathering of saints beginning at this place, even the place of the temple. Which temple shall be done when? This generation. Now we can do whatever games we want to do statistics-wise to prove what a generation is. Because sometimes people have said, well, and you meant this dispensation is not really this generation. No, it was this. The revelation was, their understanding was, what Joseph taught was, it was this generation. Within the next, you know, 80 years, 50 years. They believed it would happen in the next 10 or 5. This temple will be reared in this generation, for verily this generation shall not all pass away until a house shall be built unto the Lord and a cloud shall rest upon it. Anybody been to Independence lately? That temple there? No. No, it's not. In fact, well, I've got a picture of it coming up here. Okay? Instead, what happens? They, we were driven out that area. Beginning in 1833, the very week we were dedicating, the, doing the groundbreaking in Kirtland Temple, the, the, uh, the saints began to experience a lot of uh, persecution in Jackson County. Anybody know why? Where the, where the persecution from Jackson County? Why did, why did we run into that? Church historians? Yeah. That's okay. We need a microphone. Oh, no. Okay. Um, part of it, I think, is that they were not that well advanced there, and this group of people came in politically, and they were, you know, they were, and they were culturally more farther ahead, I guess, mm-hmm. than the people that were there, and and they were taking over the local government. They were afraid that they were going to. Independence was being settled mainly for those in the south that were coming up uh, and settling that, but they were kind of a, it's the front, it's the wild west, it's the frontier. Yeah. And, and because they were from the south, they had a predominant way of viewing it, and they were very much pro-slavery. Okay. Uh, a lot of the church members were coming in and had a uh, attitude. An attitude. Oh yeah. We won't really deal business with you that much because we really don't want you in the first place and this is our land. Well, not only that, but our businesses, we have our, we're living in the United Order, so we're supposed to be shopping at uh, the Sydney Gilbert store and, and the Newell K. Whitney store, and we're shopping at the Edward Partridge store. But we're, not, we're not doing yours. And you're right, we did come in with kind of an attitude that says, this is Zion. And we're the, we're the chosen saints. It's like the Israelis and the Palestinians right now. This is my land. You know? And everybody's fighting over this thing and you get this mix of stuff. But we did, we did go in with an attitude. It's only if you're in heart and you ain't it. I've seen your horse racing. 
There was a lot of gambling going on, and the saints were necessarily participating in the, in the gambling. Yeah. And also you have to remember that those people that were there first, they were there when it was even more of a wilderness. Yep. And so they had done a lot of hard work. And so, Yeah, to, to a certain extent, but it was still pretty wild, and they were, and they, and they were less ahead culturally than the saints <coughs> that were coming in, who were primarily coming from where? New England. So you're giving kind of the, the kind of the anti-slavers, and then the first thing we did, we got there. We went, actually went to go out and uh, to convert the Indians, who were seeing the Native Americans were going to be brought in, and they thought, well, that's kind of a kind of an anti-slavery kind of thing. And they actually had to sign in that summer of 1833, signed by Parley Pratt, saying, "We're not interested in slavery stuff. We really aren't, but nobody believed them." Because they really believed it was a matter of time. Well, and they thought that they, the Missourians hated the Indians, and they were afraid that the Saints were going to band with the Indians against them. Against against them, absolutely. There was just that sense, and so it's a building sense of animosity that, that got worse and worse. Uh, by the way, anybody know who one of the, the, the major uh, landholder was in uh, Jackson County? Lilburn W. Box. So that, that explains some things that are about going to happen like five years later. Okay. All right. So that's going to happen. So it begins in the summer of 1833. Then we get to October, right about the time we're going to be voting, and it and it really suddenly it's now a coordinated attack. It will happen in uh, around Halloween uh, and then into November. And and because we have several settlements in Independence, some a little bit farther down where the Colesville Saints. Had, uh, had gone, and the, the mobs begin to attack with a desire uh, to now drive the saints out of Jackson County uh, altogether. Okay. W.W. Phelps, from a letter that he sent to Joseph Smith. The mob has quit whipping and now beats with clubs. Lyman Leonard, one of the number that has returned from Van Buren County, had two chairs broken to splinters upon him and then was dragged out with doors, beat with clubs until he was supposed to be dead, but he's yet alive. Uh, Josiah Sumner and Barnett Cole were severely beaten. At the same time, the mob have commenced burning houses, stacks, and we shall not think of it out of their power by any means to proceed to murder any of our people that shall try to live in that county or perhaps only go there. Okay, and they're just watching this thing such scenes are happening around us, are calculated to arouse feelings and passions in all, and then W.W. W. Phelps, and to strengthen the faith and fortify the saints, the hearts of the saints for great things. But they were in dire straits. Okay, now, the uh, culminates in uh, about the first week of November. Uh, the, sa- the saints are now huddled in independence. The mob is coming against them in force. Uh, the saints begin to flee out of Independence. And if you've, if you've been to Independence, it's not that far to the Missouri River. This is the Independence Landing, looking down onto the Missouri side, or onto the Jackson County side. And they were pressed up against the river. Uh, the mob gathered, took one, one push to really begin some uh, major uh, destruction here. Massive storm comes up, uh, we're talking about another massive storm in just a minute. Massive storm comes up, the mob decides, let's finish them off tomorrow morning. So they go home. 
in the middle of the night, what will happen is, is that the saints will, will chain, uh, standing across the river, hand to hand, across the river, and they will begin to pass material and kids and women and stuff, moving them across the river all night long in the middle of a storm. So when the mob comes back first thing in the morning, the saints are all in Clay County and out of Jackson County. But they are a bedraggled, penniless uh, mess, having left most of their possessions in Jackson County, uh, never to go back. That's how we left Jackson County. Um, and and it, so they get on the other side. And by the way, the next story is, is that uh, the people in Clay County were actually same Southerners. But remember, in the Southern mentality, you have you've got mansions, and then you kind of got slaves, right? Well, they had that mentality, and they then started started hiring the saints to come and work in their houses and in their fields, and that's kind of how we survived that next year, especially uh, working as servants in the homes of the. the Clay County settlers. Does that make sense? Until we started to rise up and begin to buy homes and start to develop, and then they gave us, uh, they created a whole new county. Uh, and when we moved up there, now we were kind of becoming a little bit more uppity. That's when the people in Clay County turned against us. Okay, but that's, that's the scenario. Okay, you get that picture? Pretty bad period of time. Now, here's the struggle. What did, the, what did the scripture just say? This was Zion. It was the land of our inheritance. There was going to be a temple built when? Now. And instead we're being scattered. Think that shook the faith just a little bit? Okay. Think it shook Joseph Smith. Yeah. He writes, uh, right at that period of time, I cannot learn from any communication by the Spirit to me that Zion has forfeited her crown to a celestial, or claimed a celestial crown, notwithstanding the Lord has caused her to be thus afflicted, except it be by some individuals who have walked in disobedient. He hasn't received section 103 yet that we're about to talk about. I have always expected that Zion would suffer some affliction, but how many will be the days of her purification, tribulation, and affliction? The Lord has kept hid from my eyes, and when I inquire concerning this subject, the voice of the Lord is, Be still and know that I am God. Lord, why is it that this is happening? And then he's saying, I'm asking the Lord, and he is telling me nothing. Now there are two things which I am ignorant, that the Lord will not show them unto me, perhaps for a wise purpose in himself, and I mean in some respect, and they are these. Why God has suffered so great a calamity to come upon Zion, and what the great moving cause of this great affliction is, and again, by what means he will return her back to her inheritance with songs of everlasting joy upon her head. I think some people would look at that and say, the Lord's not answering our prayers. Right. But 
he is. He's saying, be still and know that I'm God. I'm in charge. Yeah. Have faith. Yeah. Have patience and, and trust me. And so that's a powerful answer, but a lot of times it's not the answer we want. So we think he's not going to hurt. Yeah, and it's hard. Isn't it hard when we're sitting by a hospital bed? And it's hard when we're watching kids rebel and leave us. And it's hard when we lose a job and we're not being able to meet our bills and we're having to humbly sit in front of a bishop and say, you know. Interesting that he doesn't, although he's sorrowing and wondering about, you know, why we're being afflicted and how long, but he never loses faith that they will get the inheritance. It's just a matter of, okay, when, God? We'd just like to know when. Yeah, so he hasn't lost faith in that part, but it made no sense because this was going to be the land of their inheritance, everlasting inheritance. And the idea that they would be swept off of the inheritance is more than he can comprehend. Uh, and Russell Rowling, uh, Brother Bushman, going through Joseph's journals and everything, says that Joseph was inconsolable and, and, and just could not believe. This was, he had not anticipated this at all. And what he was in total shock. Especially when Parley comes riding in and says, You just don't know the half of it. Let me tell you everything that's just gone on. Because they had sponsored Parley and a companion to go from the banks of the Missouri to go tell Joseph what had happened. Okay. Alright, so wouldn't it be nice to know what, what the problem was? Let's go to. Let's go to Y, section 103. So it'd be nice to get a revelation from the Lord and get some of these answers, right? Verse 1 Verily I say unto you, my friends, behold, I will give you a revelation and a commandment that ye may know how to act in discharge of your duties concerning the salvation and redemption of your brethren who have been scattered on the land of Zion, being driven and scattered by the hands of mine enemies, on whom I will pour out my wrath without measure in mine own due time. By the way, when did that happen? <coughs> was, was Missouri afflicted in the future? Yes, Civil War. Yeah, I was, I was actually, I went back and read some of the battles in and around Independence. It was, it was a mess. So, his, his own due time and this time turned out to be 30 years. Okay. Now, look at verse 3 and 4. For I have suffered them thus far that they may fill up the measure of their iniquities, that their cup might be full, and that those that call themselves after my name, the saints, might be chastened for a little season with a sore and grievous chastisement. Why? Why? Didn't listen. Yeah. Because they did not hearken altogether unto the precepts and commandments which I have given them. Orson Pratt would write in Salt Lake, 
we had no idea just how important it was that we obey every single precept. Now, here's the harder part. Generally in the church, when we talk about tribulation, we like to talk about tribulation and the reason you're going through tribulation is why? What are some of the reasons we come up with tribulation? What's that? Yeah, it's, it's part of a growing experience. It's in our best interest. Why else? It's funny how often we don't get to the I did something wrong part. We're really good. Yeah, we're, we're really good at. Well, other people have their free agency, you know. And as part of living in this world, uh, and and you know, if you're going to be in a vineyard, you're going to get grapes on you, kind of thing. And if you're going to be in in this world, you're going to have tribulation because that's part of what happens. And it's because the Lord is shaping you and molding you for for a future purpose. That's why you're having tribulation. Okay, but what were they doing? Yes. Yes. Because in this case, the Lord is saying, you're going through tribulation. Why? Because you messed up. There is nowhere else to put this. These are mine enemies. They are going to receive retribution for the horrible acts that they are causing to come on my saints. But I wouldn't give them power to do it. Only because you messed up. How, how did you mess up? That's the, okay, there's the question. <laughs> Verse 5. <laughs> Verily, and what we're going to find out, this is the fact that we are not in Jackson County now, well, we are now more, which, which by the way, the new temple that, that we just built in Missouri is where? Liberty. It's on the just on the other side of the Missouri, within shouting distance of where the bedraggled saints were were there in the sun the next morning, trying to escape. I mean, it's it's close, it's very very close. And I think it's it's to me it's just it's perfectly set up to say that a temple would be in that place that was refuge for these saints. That a temple is a place of refuge. It's interesting because we, we don't like to talk about doing things wrong and being chastened. But you look at the Book of Mormon and that was a consistent, you know, the Book of Mormon was written for our day. So, you know, we need to pay attention to that as well. That they were consistently chastened by their enemies, you know. With a chastening that they wouldn't have had to go through had they simply done what he asked them to do. And that and we're going to find a failure on two parts. And I'm talking, this is the failure of the first part. This is the saints in Missouri. We're, then we're about to talk about a failure of the second part. And that's the rest of the church. Because the rest of the church also failed in their duties. This is a bright, happy, cheery lesson. <laughs> <laughs> and you will enjoy it. <laughs> yeah, that was. Now, we talked earlier about some of the reasons Yes. Why the Missourians would act. We're talking about natural consequences. Yes. And that the Lord will use natural consequences. And, and isn't it interesting that the Lord can say natural consequences because he says, I want to fight your battles. I know that the Missourians don't like you very much. 
Let me fight your battles. And I will fight your battles, but if you will not do certain things, I cannot. Not only will I not, but I cannot. There's, there's some consequences that will come as a result of this. Okay? So, what was, the, what was the reason? How come he would let this happen to them? What had they done wrong? Uh, I have decreed a decree which my people shall realize. They don't get it yet. Insomuch as they hearken from this hour unto the counsel what, what I give. But they, for they shall, if I have decreed it, begin to prevail against their enemies from this very hour. You could still be returned. This was not a fait complete yet. They could have potentially been back in Jackson County. And by hearkening to observe all the words uh, which I, the Lord, shall speak unto them, they shall never cease to prevail until the kingdoms of the world are subdued under my feet. Look at verse 8, though. But insomuch as they keep not my commandments and hearken not to observe all my words, the kingdoms of the world shall prevail against them. What was their problem? They were sent to be a light unto the world and to be saviors of men. And inasmuch as they are not saviors of men, they shall be as salt that's lost its savor. Now, we've talked about this before. How long can you keep salt? Forever. It's like keeping Twinkies. You know, they just don't go away. How does a salt lose its savor? It has to be contaminated. It has to be mixed with other things. It, it, it needs to know if it is no longer pure, it's lost its savor. That's how. Salt in and of itself will stay pure. It's only when it's contaminated and mixed with other things that it loses its savor. Okay? Now, who was entitled to go up to Missouri and receive their inheritance? The, sin, the, the sinless... The, Pure in heart. This is Zion. What is Zion? Pure in heart. And we're going to be one heart. One mind. We're going to be perfectly united. What was required of the saints? If you're, I'm going to call the Walcotts to Missouri. What am I going to require of you? You're going to now leave Kirtland. You get to go off to Missouri. You get your inheritance. Whoa. Your inheritance. But what's going to be required of you? Live the law of consecration. One of, first of all, you've got to live the law of consecration, which means you consecrate everything you have, your time, your talents, your efforts, but especially everything you got. Now what if you say, I'm going to uh, consecrate everything I've got except my right racing bike, which I really like. <laughs> I'm going to consecrate everything I've got, but I really like my laptop. So that so the bishop doesn't get that. You consecrate everything you've got, but there's a teacup that you really love that you got from your grandmother, and that you cannot consecrate. And to be a light to the world, you have to be outside yourself. You can't be closed in a little knit group. You have to you have to be get outside who you are and be a light to others. Yeah, they weren't doing any of this, and and we talked a little bit last time. There were threatening letters going back and forth between the leaders of the church in Missouri to Joseph. How come you're not here? We think you should be doing better. Well, what's wrong with you? How come you guys aren't doing this? And 
And, and we didn't want to consecrate this anyway. And we think the bishop's being arbitrary in the way he's doing this. And, and there's a rare star. Wah, 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 wah. Yeah. We've got to remember the Lord takes these things very seriously. If you remember back at the time of King Saul, remember Saul's problem, as I do, it was that he could do almost everything the Lord wanted, but he could never quite commit all the way. Yes. You know, I can go in and yes. do everything except I'm going to hold back this little group or I'm going to offer a sacrifice when I really shouldn't because Samuel the late is coming in. You know, he couldn't quite commit all the way. Yep. He could get almost there. You know, and like the people in the New Testament and, and when they were living a similar law, remember they told Peter, yeah, we, we gave everything and they really held some things back. And they were struck dead right there. Think about the children of Israel. You know, you get all these miracles, then you get out there and it's like, well, we're real hungry. Okay, here comes manna from heaven. All you got to do is pick it up and eat it. We are so tired of manna. Our souls hate this white loathe. Our souls loathe this white bread. So then he gives them snakes. <laughs> Take that. <laughs> you know, it's just like it's the, it's the whining, it's the bad way. And, it, and for the saints that were, there was a higher level expected of the saints in Missouri than there was in Kirtland because this was the goodly land. This was to be Zion. We are consecrating this to build the new Jerusalem. It is to be Zion. And I require things of you in Zion. And you're going to have to be pure in heart. So to get Missouri back, we're going to have to be able to live what they were not able to live. Yes, absolutely. And which is why it is we're not in Missouri now. I don't get to take my iPhone away. Yeah, I know. We have the things that we hang on to. And, and what we were watching was in spades here because they just could not could not gel. They would. They continued to argue among themselves. Yeah. Um, it's always kind of a dilemma because you've always got probably a group that really are going to live the way that expects. But then there's, you know... The rest of the group that just isn't going to get there. Yes. So how how is the Lord going to judge when you know is that fair for the people that really are trying and working and doing their best and but they're they're kind of dragged by the the people that don't want to follow the plan. So well, and, but but wouldn't it make sense to? I don't know if you guys heard that. So so what what happens if you've got this is exactly what was happening is that you would have a group of people that would be trying. And then another group that wouldn't. What happens in a group, for instance, if it's like, we're all consecrating, we're all together. But she's getting to hold back some stuff. You know, she's not having to consecrate everything. Well, wait a minute. And her pride kicks in. And that could be like a rash. Yeah. It seems like there's a couple of things the way the Lord handles this. You know, in some cases... Um, you know, you get the, the story in the Old Testament where they were supposed to go in and wipe everything out and then one person keeps some stuff and hides it in his tent. Yes. And then they all lose the next battle and get destroyed and everything. And, yeah. It was a, one person who did something wrong. Then on the other hand, you hear the Lord say, you know, I'll spare this whole city for the sake of the few righteous people that are there. So Th There are those times. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I don't know if it's that clear, but... 
I think the problem that I have had in looking at this is there's always those people that like to suck everyone dry and not do anything productive. Yes. And um, what if, <laughs> just, I know some, I know some family members who just never kind of they just think everyone should take care of them and they shouldn't have to work a real job and they shouldn't you know what I mean? We all know some of those. And but what struck me one day finally was that if Zion comes, they will not be there either. Or that they will begin to so see, be that their eyes will be open. And right, right. But, but just like, I'm not going to be there if I let that bother me. They won't be there <coughs> because they're not doing their part either. They're not consecrating everything they could. And Zion is going to require a complete unity of heart and mind. And that's why we have quorums. And that's why we have classes. We're still training. We're still trying to get us there. Yeah. Does that mean then that the lost consecration is still there? I don't think there's any way Zion will not run on capitalism. I mean, we talk, we, we, we talk about the evils of socialism. Brothers and sisters, Zion won't run on, on uh, capitalism either. It, because capitalism runs on greed, basically. Competition. And competition. None of which exists in Zion. And, and so there's a mindset that's going to have to be there. Now, so take that idea, because part of what Joseph was told... Let's look now at uh, verse 15. Uh, well, 14. If they pollute their inheritance, they shall be thrown out. That's what happened. Uh, for I will not spare them if they pollute their inheritances. Okay? 15. Behold, I say unto you, the redemption of Zion must needs come by power. Okay? Now... Because here comes the promise now. Yeah. Is there a reason why Joseph's back in Kirtland and not there in Missouri? That's exactly what the people in Missouri kept asking. Is there a reason why Joseph is in Kirtland? Joseph, Joseph stayed in Kirtland. Why? The Lord commanded him to stay in Kirtland. Because the Lord, and at the time he didn't know why either. But then it became very, very clear because they were going to remember at the same time that they were going to build the Kirtland Temple, July 1833, we're going to dedicate the footings for the Kirtland Temple. We've given the plans for the 24 temple complex to Missouri who weren't really following up on it. But Joseph was told to stay in Kirtland and then he understood why because had he tried to stay in Missouri, they would have lost everything. That was why. At the time, and I can show you in the Revelation when the Lord says, stay here. Don't go there. Joseph really wanted to be in a goodly land. He wanted to be in Missouri. The Lord told him to stay here. There was a reason. And that's because of the fall of Okay? But the people of Missouri really wanted to know why is Joseph not here? Okay? Now. Now, are we going to go back? Yeah. Um. Fifteen. The redemption of Zion must needs come by power. Uh, therefore, let me just mention this. I will raise up unto my people a man who shall lead them like as Moses led the children of Israel when we go back. Who is that? No. No. Huh? It hasn't yet happened. So you guess who it is. 
For ye are the seed of Israel, and out of the seed of Abraham, and you must needs be led out of bondage by power and and a stretched out arm. Okay? We picture children of Israel. We're picturing plagues. We're picturing all that kind of stuff. Think personal. Going back to the, the theme of power again here. Drop down here, led out of bondage by power. Bondage to what? Bondage yes. to the things of the world. Yes. Bond, think about the bondage stuff. Think about when, when, when somebody joins the church. In a sense, we're, we're, we're taking them out of the world and being, surrounding them with spiritual strength so the things of the world no longer hold us in bondage. Think about our youth. We're trying to get them out of the world so that the power of pop culture never has to, doesn't have the draw on it that it can. To where they they rejoice in a modest prom dress rather than feel like they've somehow been missing out because they're not showing something with the most cleavage possible. That that power just wants to draw them down the wrong roads. Okay, but they misunderstood that. Even as your fathers were led at first, even so shall the redemption of Zion be. Therefore let not your hearts faint, for I say unto you as I said unto your fathers, Mine angel shall go up, but not my presence. That's what he told the children of Israel. What's he going to tell them? But I say unto you, My angel shall go up before you, and also my presence, and in time you shall possess the goodly land. I'd like to say that to our new missionaries. Your angels are going to go before and His presence to open doors and to, and to touch hearts. Couldn't the stretched out arm actually symbolize the atonement back up in verse 17? Yes. So it's with the power 
our personal power that we've gained and the atonement. The stretched out arm, by the way, when I went back and did a little research, you look at it in Exodus 8, I won't take time to go there. That stretched out hand, I found every time that that, that term was used, it's mainly in conjunction with the saints, with the children of Israel being in Egypt. And every time that that stretched out arm happened, the enemies were cursed. Cursed with a plague. Cursed with something. They're fighting battles against one another. Okay? Now, because that's going to be important. Let's keep, let's, let's go on here. Now, so what happens here? The brethren are all going to all get together. Party shows up. Joseph, here's what's going on. This is now March 1834. How do we get these saints back? And by the way, Parley and, and, and W.W. Phelps and some of the others have gone to the governor, Governor Dunklin. And Dunklin said, I don't have the power to kind of like go against this mob. But you know what? If you guys would have put together kind of an army, maybe we could help restore by force the saints back in Jackson County. So, Harley rolled like crazy back to Kirtland. Governor Dunklin said that we're supposed to assemble something and if we would show up with a group that maybe we could actually... Yes. Maybe we can then get him, we can get these saints back into Jackson County. Okay? <clears throat> Joseph is inquiring the Lord and here's what he's hearing. It's my will that my servant Parley P. Pratt and my servant Lyman White should not return to the land until they have obtained companies to go up unto the land of Zion by tens, twenties, fifties, hundred, until they have obtained the number of five hundred for the strength of my house. This is my will, ask and you shall receive, but men do not always do my will. Therefore, if you can't obtain 500, seek diligently. Peradventure, you may obtain 300. If you can't obtain 300, seek diligently that you may obtain 100. What's he talking about? Zion's camp. They're going to form an army. Zion's camp. They drilled militarily. Uh, they went up to restore by force the saints back to Jackson County. And, and I want, and I need 500. If I can't get 500, I'll take 300. If I can't get 300, I'll take 100. Okay? How many did they end up with? About 200. They could never get the strength of Zion. This is the failure of the second part. The saints themselves in the other areas never responded. With enough money, they barely got the 200 they got. They started off with 100. They grabbed another 100 along the road. And Joseph led them. Okay, so now we get this trek out to Missouri. How'd that go, by the way? Not too well. No, it didn't. How come? You get a bunch of guys together, one place to And did. They started to bicker. They started to fight. They started to grumble. 
sick and have blisters and all of those problems with traveling. Yep. <laughs> Let's see if we can get this to. Come on. Is there a magic word? Shouldn't be, it shouldn't be. Um, it shouldn't be Wi-Fi. It should be downloaded. Is the problem? Yeah, but but we'll try that. Maybe it was trying to get access it that way. Yeah, you can. All right, that's not going to work. Dang it! Sorry. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I don't think so. Yeah. Oh, here we go. There you go. As the Lord lives. I want to be getting more. Fearing the civil conflict, however, 
felt impressed that we should go no further. So we followed the prophet's counsel and set up camp in the fork of these two rivers near a small Baptist church. Oh, that's rude. 
Baptist Lord. Church, right? Science camp turn out? Do we ever fire a shot? No. Ever. They're worse than important Yes. Inasmuch as mine enemies have come against you to drive you out of the goodly land which I have consecrated to be the land of Zion, even from your own lands and testimonies which ye have brought before me, ye shall curse them. Brother Bushman in Rough Stone Rolling says, The saints were promised that they would possess the goodly land, but how these men were to engage the enemy is not explained. The saints were to curse them, not shoot them. When the little band finally reached Missouri, it was disbanded before a shot was fired. Joseph's military flourishes usually stop short of battle. But Well, I guess that would be my next question then. Oops. That's for the next time. Um, so why did that? So again, this is looked at another one of those. This is a Joseph failure kind of thing. They never did go and actually uh, drive them out. But he was only supposed to curse them. And so the, the good that came out of Zion's camp was, first of all, yeah, when they got back from from Zion's camp, this is when he actually formed the first quorum of the twelve. He found his leaders. And he found his leaders in Zion's camp. Okay? Zion's camp served another purpose, by the way. And that was that here was if you listen closely, they they were organized. The Lord's telling them how to organize, right? He's telling them how to organize uh, and if they're going to come out of Zion or come out of bondage, uh, they're going to be organized. There it is. By tens, twenties, fifties, a hundred until they have obtained the hundred of five hundred of my strength. Okay? Did we ever do that again? Where? The Pioneer Trip was exactly this. Okay. The Mormon Battalion as well, yeah. But so, in other words, this was also a leadership training for those that would make another trek about 13 years later. About how to organize and how to take care of a group 
and things like that, and how to be united while they did it. And I think Joseph, and I think Brigham Young, by the way, on that trek, I've mentioned before uh, that even on that initial pioneer trek, 1847, that there was a there was a point by Chimney Rock where Brigham saw the same thing going on among those saints as he had seen in Zion's camp. A lot of dissension, too light, not, not together, and he, and he told them that he would go into the Salt Lake Valley with a group of five Gentiles, rather than them if necessary, but he wasn't going to take them in, because he'd seen what happened in, um, in, during Zion's camp. Okay? So again, it looks like a failure. And it could have been a success, but still, they never went with the amount of people that the Lord asked for. They never came with the amount of strength coming from the, from the surrounding saints. And their tribulation, there's nowhere else to put it, but it, it was a result of their own action. That's hard. It's hard to hear. Okay? But they wouldn't have said that my No, no. The Lord had a way of consecrating their efforts uh, in a way that was going to bring them power. Okay, now, let me, uh, in the, the remaining moments, though, let me just finish with this. This is section 105. Verily I say unto you, who have assembled yourselves together, that you may learn my will concerning the redemption of my afflicted people. Behold, I say unto you, were it not for the transgressions of my people, speaking concerning the church and not individuals, they might have been redeemed even now. But behold, they have not learned to be obedient to the things which I have required in their hands, but are full of all manner of evil and do not impart of their substance as become of saints to the poor and afflicted among them and are not united according to the union required by the law of the celestial kingdom. That's quite an indictment. Now, we, we have not yet returned to Missouri in force, have we not? The problem is, is that we're still not there yet. We're still not there yet. We still struggle. Uh, we do not impart of our substance as becometh saints. I love that, that phrase. There are things I require of saints, and what I require of you is your ability to impart of your substance. Yeah. And I think that's more than just money or material possessions. Yes. I mean, if you're in a core meeting and you need two volunteers to clean the temple or something, and no one, no one volunteers. We're still struggling with this. We're still struggling with that. Now, the beautiful thing, though, and I, and I think it's an element of grace here, because we're, we're going to be talking very soon about the fact that these imperfect, straggling, descending, struggling saints would, would in the next couple of years, this is 1834, they would complete a temple, they would receive the keys 
They would see visions. They would see the Savior. They would, so much so that when they're trying to dedicate the curtain of the temple, non-members could see fire on top of the temple and thought the place was on fire. This, the Lord lifted these imperfect, straggling, descending saints and made them much more than they were individually. And he, and he does the same thing with us on a regular basis. So I think even though we're aware that our trend, that sometimes our tribulations are a result of our own fault, we can't look to anybody else but blame ourselves. And our need to repent and to become better. But he also says, I know you, and I will take this imperfect group of you, and I will make you more if you will just let me be. That's why we hang in there and we don't give up and we stay with the process. Because you're going to see these imperfect saints do some incredible things. And you're going to see the hand of the Lord helping them. That He never gave up on them. He continued to bless them and lift them and make them better than they were. So even though there's a, lot, there's a really harsh lesson that comes here, a lot of what the Lord expects has become a saint. He says, I have a plan. Just stay with me. Let me, if you will surrender. I had a young man come to me a while back and he was really struggling with some things and he's tried over and over and over to be clean. Hasn't been able to do it. And I felt impressed to, to say to him in my office, I'm not willing to commit to you because I don't know if you're willing to commit to yourself yet. Once you go home, pray about it, because I'm going to ask you to do some hard things. And I want you to get back to me later tonight tell me if you're willing to do that. So late that night, I get this little text. And I, okay, I'm ready. God, it's great. Let's set you up a little more. I just think there's some times that we just have to be willing to say, I recognize that I keep messing up and I need help. I recognize that I can't do it alone, but with you I can do everything. I recognize that I keep transgressing, I keep not being united, I keep withholding my substance, but I'm ready to give that stuff up and let you make me more. I bury my testimony in the Lord intends us to be these people that He lifts above ourselves. If we want to and I leave that with you in Jesus' name. Amen. Our dear Father in heaven, we're grateful for this time of spiritual strength that we can meet together and discuss the principles of the gospel and the lessons learned. Help us to apply those lessons to our lives so that we can become who you need us to be as a light to our brothers and sisters in this world. Please watch over us this day. Help us to have the strength that we need to do all that's required. And we say this in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. All right. Have a good uh, Thanksgiving. And uh, see you uh, next week. Thanks, guys. Yeah.